Welcome to the August 18th, 2006 edition of The Relevant Podcast, the audio companion to Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me is our editorial crew, the infamous editorial crew, editorial director, Kara Davis. Hello, friends. Managing editor, Adam Smith. Hey, everybody. And last, and not not least, (laughs) Jesse Carey. Good day, everyone. Um... As usual, we will be bringing you slices and updates. We have some special podcast updates coming up later in the episode. Is this an episode? Sure. I like to think of it that yeah. way. All right. It's not like an event or a saga. A podisode. <laughs> an it's epic. A pot- it's a podisode. Yeah. I like it. Coming up later in the podisode, we're going to coin a new one. It just sounds bizarre. Uh, is, uh, is some updates, <laughs> like always. <laughs> but up first are your entertainment releases. Coming out in theaters uh, today. Actually, nationwide is finally um, the Little Miss Sunshine. We, we announced oh, it like three weeks ago, but it's finally hitting nationwide today. Okay. So it's it limited like before. One. Very, very limited. So uh, yeah, that's coming out today. So go see it. Tia saw an advanced screening and said it was one of the best movies she's ever seen. All really? I've heard is good stuff about yeah. it. I've heard fantastic things. So I'm really pumped. Also coming out is The Illusionist, starring Ed Norton. I didn't even know he was still acting. Jessica Biel, Paul Giamatti, and the rest of the cast. Uh, do you guys know anything about this? Not at all. I know no. nothing. I, I know that there is a similar one um, that is Christian Bale is in. Right. And it's about rival magicians. And this one is very similar, but it's not the same. Well, that's good timing. Yeah. yeah. Good, good job with the studios paying attention to what, yeah, exactly. what the market's asking for. It's not like anyone will get confused. Give the because people Because when, when I actually printed that out, I just saw The Illusionist. I was like, oh, sweet. That's the one with Christian Bale and it's Christopher Nolan. No, this one has Jessica Biel. <laughs> not <laughs> so much Paul, Christian Bale, Jessica yeah. Biel. Paul Giamatti's in it. That's what people have been clamoring for is more movies about warring magicians speaking of clamoring uh, material girls starting starring uh, hillary and Haley duff is Uh-oh. coming out oh, oh snap wow. yeah <laughs> the um. double threat also accepted which is that um th- where they make their own college well it's got the matt guy the guy from the matt yeah. commercials well the thing that makes me sad about <laughs> otherwise it is known it, as the guy from ed yeah 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 that's right the thing that makes me sad about is it looks like such a dumb movie but lewis black is in it like that's just not fair oh i'm gonna see it no really question. oh no question okay. Yeah, and um, giving people what they want, Snakes on a Plane. Thank yes. you very much. The only release this weekend that matters. <laughs> Who's um, going to be there dressed up like a snake other than me? Um, I'll be right there with you. Like, I think we've all been He's waiting for this for a long time. He's coming dressed as a plane. <laughs> <laughs> It'll work quite well. And you're going to Jesse can ride piggyback. piggyback. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Um, the thing that excites me about Snakes on the Plane is it opens up a whole new avenue in Hollywood. And what I can't wait for are the Snakes on a Plane sequels. Yeah. You snakes know on a bus? It is. The Bears on a bus. <laughs> it's an A-list B movie. Rhinos you know? on elevator. <laughs> the, I printed out this article. I just saw you look down. You wrote those. <laughs> you bet. You better believe I wrote oh. these because these are, these are golden. And if some producer is listening, you jump on these opportunities. Electric eels on a unicycle. Who doesn't <laughs> want to see that? And my personal favorite, Africanized bees on a motorized wheelchair. 
I'm telling you, these it's Hollywood gold. You guys jump on it right now because he, it's a new guy. Should we let it's him know? Hater. Should we let him know? Premeditated jokes don't work on the podcast, except for that one, which, <laughs> which is actually hilarious. I printed out this article from CNN.com all about the hype that's been building up for snakes on a plane, and it's just completely unwarranted hype. They, yeah, they, they, well, whoever marketed this movie deserves whatever millions they make. Yeah. Right. They said that brilliant. this, you know, the only other movies that are hyped this big or bigger um, are one are movies that already have a bond with the public, like Star Wars Titanic. trilogy. Yeah. So, and this movie has had no advanced screenings. Yeah. And normally Just when that awesome happens, trailers. Yeah. Normally <laughs> when that happens, it means the movie's going to be really bad. Well, yeah. Yeah, but. You know, and but people like don't care. You yeah. know, obviously, it's like triple X. Yeah, this well, movie's gonna be like triple X. Well, well, no, it's gonna the, be bad, and nobody will care. The thing is, it, the, I I disagree with the guy that the people marketing it actually they wanted to change the movie to Pacific Flight One Twenty One. They thought Snakes on a Plane was a horrible name, and they they were like, you know, this is stupid. Snakes on a plane. That's what you're gonna call the movie. But bloggers had already like heard that they were gonna come out with a movie called Snakes on a Plane. And so they started making, they made a blog called Snakes on a Blog that basically made fun of how ridiculous it is. And so then the movie people were like, okay, I well, mean, if these, if, and they, and they actually, they edited in, they shot five extra days of shooting to, to include scenes that bloggers had like just said, would, hey, that'd be funny. Yeah. Like it, it, I saw Samuel L. Jackson on the, on the Today Show and he was like, yeah, the fans for this movie. He goes, "This is bigger than anything I've ever been a part of," and I was in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, he actually said. Um, Wasn't he in the Matrix? He said the reason he decided yeah. to. Who is that? Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh. <laughs> 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 he, said, he said the reason he decided to do the movie was because of the title, and he told the director yeah. not to change it. Yeah. So, so he, he it's actually, campy. It's, it's like it's, it's beautiful in its simplicity. It's yeah. like the old uh, 1960s like monster movies. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean it's just campy. Well, that's what he said. He said, you know, this is kind of movie when I was a kid. I think was awesome. And the and the guy interviewing him was like, you know, you guys aren't showing this to any reviewers, so we have no idea what the movie's about. Why don't you tell <laughs> us? And, and Samuel Jackson looked at him like this weird look. He goes, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> It's, it's called Snakes on a Plane. The title tells you what the movie's about. It's about snakes on a plane. You get That's exactly you what you're paying for. Yeah. Okay, did anyone else get that call from Samuel L. Jackson My, my wife did. Yeah. This is before I had heard about the website. Yeah. Uh, one day my wife called me and was like, what did you do? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and she said, I got a phone call from your phone number. And when I picked up, it was Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> and he said- Again? <laughs> he won't leave me alone you've got to stop calling and he said uh, hi Maya you know uh, Samuel L. Jackson I want you to go get in your SUV go pick up Cameron and go watch my movie Snakes in a Plane like he said that Yeah. and and Maya's like kind of weirded out she thought I did something I'm like babe I didn't do anything somebody somebody hacked into the Sprint directory somebody <laughs> somebody has our personal information somebody got into the Ford credit listing somehow and, and they, they stole they stole your identity and the, and the, the sinister plot to what to do with it it's called Frank talking about snakes on a plane. How did, the, how did Maya and Cameron sound? The words uh, correct. Yeah. She said yeah. it was correct. It wasn't like Maya. It was like it was like. <laughs> but it was Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, boy. they must have a bank of like thousands and thousands of names. Yeah, because yeah. I've done it several times to several people, and it always sounds perfect. <laughs> so then later That's in the day, crazy. I'm like walking around the office going. Maya got a call from Samuel L. Jackson. What the crap? <laughs> and then everybody's kind of snickering, yeah. and it turns out Chris 
had been telling everybody about this website where oh. you can go and put in the information or whatever. Leave it to Chris. Yeah, and he he won't fess up. Nobody will fess up, but, you know. Uh, it's actually on the official website for Snakes on a Plane. So if you want to do it, go to the official website. And creep people out if they don't know about it. If yeah. they know about it, it's not going to be creepy. Yeah. But if they don't know about it, the fact that Samuel L. Jackson right. is tell, talking about personal information about Threatening them. Threatening them by name. Yeah, Threatening <laughs> Chris, them. Chris and I were, were playing around with it and on that day, the day that it launched, and... It, it like we're like what the heck this the site isn't working we're like uh must be maybe our internet connection no i read a, a news story the next day in the la times that said that the site got so much traffic that it crashed like six times wow <laughs> so i mean it is marketing genius at this point they you know well the studio should have spent more than the 9.99 hosting package yeah. you know? <laughs> exactly. that was the problem but the, the guy who started that snakes on a blog website said he was sure sure he'd be sued instead new lines executive vice president of new media marketing called him to thank him oh, and wow. moreover <laughs> they actually i was reading his his blog they actually invited him to the premiere and paid all his expenses to get him there <laughs> hotel accommodations flight everything all right i'm starting a blog about the new pippi longstock movie coming out next year <laughs> all right is it too late to start blogging pippi about long blogging <laughs> oh, can, can i still can you get on the illusionist train I, I haven't heard any buzz about this they'll be happy for anything <laughs> All right, coming out in stores on Tuesday, August 22nd, uh, we have broadcast. The album is called The Future Crayon on Warp. Cursive is coming out with Happy Hollow. I like yeah. Cursive. Uh, Headlights, Kill Them With The Kindness, or Kill Them With Kindness, sorry, on Polyvinyl. Star Sailor, yay, I like them, um, uh, coming out with On The Outside, not On The Inside. Mm. I think there's mm. a, did we review it for September, October? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And they're currently... Uh, and a lot of ads on our site right now. So, cool. Snowden, uh, the album is called Anti Anti on Jade Tree. And the Cross Movement Chronicles Greatest Hits Volume 1 on Cross Movement Records. It's an eclectic, uh, eclectic week. All right, that'll do it for entertainment releases. Up next, Slices. You're listening to Morning Runner. The song is Oceans. It's playing right now over at Relevant TV. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Tom York. The song is Harrow Down Hill, and it's the featured video now over at Relevant TV. So tune in and uh, watch it. It's good stuff. You were saying. Yeah, it, it's uh, like I said on the video slice today on Wednesday, this, this is one of the best top fives as far as um, just kind of artsy, really just cool, hip videos that I really don't know where it, people could see anywhere else in one place. You know, you know? what? That's a good sales pitch mm-hmm. right there. I it mean, is. it is true because <laughs> you, where are you going to see a band like Morning Runner or even uh, Hot Chip? You mm-hmm. know, the Hot Chip video is all CGI. Super cool, along with Tom York. Yeah, that's a really eclectic mix. And Kareem yeah. Bailey Ray and then Spoken. Yeah. So and yeah, you don't get mix like, a mix like that anymore. My favorite else. thing about the Spoken, and this isn't anything against Spoken, it's a sweet song. Two minutes long, you know? <laughs> they hit you hard and fast, you know? <laughs> they know like, what they're out there to accomplish. If you don't like do the music, it. the person's like coming back to their computer to click 
stop and get off the page, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's, over. It, it's a rocking song, but sometimes, like I said, you it, you can get done in two minutes what some bands can get done in four minutes. <laughs> Harder you know? and faster. Yep. Not necessarily longer. There you All go. All about efficiency. All right. So uh, now with slices, here's Kara Davis. I happened to be watching ABC News the other night, and they have like a weekly segment called Person of the Week. And there's this lady, a young lady. It's so hard to know whether or not to call women women or ladies or chicks. Mama. Girls. Girls. (laughs) Hotties. She she was a hot mama. Dame. (laughs) (laughs) This this one dame, yeah. Dame. That's great. Anyway, um, well... Back when Hurricane Katrina hit, she um, left her home in in New York and went to the streets of New Orleans to rescue pets that had been left. And she has done the same now with the conflict in the Middle East. She's gone to South Beirut, and um, she and a couple of people there, they have gotten together like 150 dogs who, um, they're... they're, um, Par- their parents i'm sorry their owners <laughs> you can tell i'm a dog owner oh, their, uh, their owners just like left them some of them had been you know caught in in bombings and they like three legs yeah so anyway there are there are more than 150 rescue dogs now and they're actually looking for people to adopt them and they've set up a website animals.beirut.com Anyway, it was a nice story, and so um, do you have to pay shipping and handling? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure be it's cheap. Tax I mean, they have to though. send them overnight. That's yep. the only way you can do it. It's true. Yeah. It's true with some kibbles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the guy who actually interviewed her did the story over there. He took a dog home with him. Oh, I wow. thought that was that nice. was nice. Do, does anyone feel like that's maybe a little cart before the horse thing? Like, I mean, there are people over yeah. there. Yeah, they're that saving like, animals there's so before much people. Yeah. Let's dig this dog out of the rubble. Aww. You know. Well, I saw this story. Dogs are people too, Adam. <laughs> I, I was watching some, you know, one of those evening news magazines or whatever. And, was, and uh, they talked about this guy who, you know, back when he was in his 20s, adopted a chimpanzee from <laughs> Africa that whose parents were killed by poachers. Anyway, he raised it as his kid. Like they treated it like it was a kid. Like dress him up in little boys' clothes. And he uh, became Buster on Arrested Development. <laughs> no, <laughs> he actually was nearly mauled to death. When he, was like, he, he. It was a bizarre story. Where's this story going? Yeah, it, but they were just talking about how wild animals. You know, you just can't ever. Wait, wait. So the chimpanzee almost mauled them to death. Yeah. So is this a cautionary oh. tale to not adopt the dogs from Beirut? Well, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about these, you know, Lebanese dogs, but I do know about an African chimp that at forty years old. I mean, they had raised I, the chimp. I'm just we have animals probably, in the podcast. Probably what, what happened deal? here. I don't get is, it. My fault. You know, they raised him as their son. You know, everything was going very well. You know, put him through school, and then one day. <laughs> He wants to go out with his friends and they won't give him the car keys Yeah, and he goes nuts. But yeah, so there is a lesson and I've actually, I had a friend. There's a lesson. <laughs> There's a lesson. Don't Again, adopt are you chips. cautioning to not adopt I, the dogs? Well, I have a friend. <laughs> I have who, a dog with three legs and she's very sweet. <laughs> but did she, she come She wasn't from involved in a bombing. <laughs> it's because she can't move very fast well, I, or else she would maul intruders. Well, they, you, people, people don't realize with these orangutans that... Or chimpanzees or whatever. So if you're thinking of getting an orangutan, think again, yeah. Buster. Exactly. Yeah. Because I have a Buster. friend I went to college with who who was dating a girl whose dad had a chimpanzee. What? And they they whose almost dad had. Was a chimpanzee? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would explain they, her, her nose. <laughs> what? <laughs> she, anyway, her father raised. It was kind of the same thing. He had a weird affection for this chimpanzee and raised it almost as like a fellow sibling. 
apparently, apparently chimpanzees, they are very territorial in this particular uh, breed. Did they peed on everything? <laughs> I think he had to wear a diaper, actually, <laughs> which is hilarious that when the monkeys wear diapers. The daughter? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll cut to the, the good part of the story here. Well, okay, here's the end of the story. This particular type of chimpanzee in the wild, like, there's only one dominant sibling. So it, like, hated the daughter by instinct. And so it had to be locked in this cage. One night it got loose, and the daughter is at the computer, and she sees in reflection of the computer screen <laughs> the chimpanzee standing behind her with so, a pistol. Well, so, he just so, wanted to give her a butterfly kiss. <laughs> well, she said that uh, she grabbed. Right. There's a letter opener sitting on the desk because she thought, "Oh my oh, gosh, I'm going to have to defend herself." Gosh. Her dad came in and said, "Honey, don't move." He took off his belt and just cracked the chimpanzee <laughs> in the back, and they said it was like the most horrific monkey scream ever. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard the term horrific monkey scream, but it sounds awesome. But, but they were able to no. subdue him, and I think they had to get rid of it after that. They, they oh talked him God. down. Like, like they, I mean, imagine you don't want like, to do this. You're gonna throw your life away, honey. Don't panic. But there's a giant, strong monkey that hates you standing right behind you. <laughs> Put down the letter opener. So the sequel to Snakes on a Plane is Chimpanzees in the Bedroom. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the in the office. <laughs> well, he, here's <laughs> this. This is an interesting. I want to see movie posters coming in. Yeah, chimps about in that. the office. Yeah. <laughs> chimps right. in a room. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Just hovering. <laughs> I love the I love the the visual. Like I mean, thinking cinematography here of the reflection of the monkey. Yeah, face. it's like signs. just kind of <laughs> staring. <laughs> Hello, signs. Clarice. You know, yeah. Just kind of staring, leering over her shoulder. There's a giant monkey that hates you standing right behind <laughs> you, <laughs> and he's been there for hours, yeah. motionless. Anyway, well, here's uh, something that is completely <laughs> couldn't be more opposite of a slice for you. Um, there is a a massive effort by evangelical leaders they're launching a campaign for massive registration within the church to mobilize religious voters in battleground states uh the effort is being led by focus on the family uh founder james dobson um they said in 2004 about 25 million evangelicals failed to vote but the thing is this could be illegal if they are in any way influencing who to what party to register to vote for. focus on the family can the churches can't Exactly, right, but okay. but their campaign is through churches. Like they're putting pamphlets within bulletins oh, and things like wow. that. But the, you know that that's obviously a IRS IRS no, wait, violation. No, to, but to register, it's not. They just can't endorse candidates. Yeah, well, I don't think right. they can. They can endorse a certain party. Right. No, they just would have to be. That's th- yeah, they, yeah. But you have to register as as either a Republican or a Democrat. Well, you don't I have mean. To. Well, you can, well, you can or, register independent. But. Yeah, but I mean, they, they can't they can't tell you what party. You and Lieberman. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. who, who, you, you who can waste that? your vote. So are they, yeah. they passing out registration forms with a pre-checked box yeah. for Republicans? <laughs> 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 Printing so, error. It is, it's kind of an interesting story to watch because there has been, uh, like there was a church in Pasadena last year that the IRS is threatening to take away their... Um, Nonprofit status from which will bankrupt the church, but you know I've been in services where they do everything but say go vote for this candidate. Right. I've been in a chapel service where they brought in a candidate. Wow. Was he a chimpanzee? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going. That, he, that depends largely upon perception. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
But it, it is it is Sometimes the amount of the difference yeah. between a politician and a chimp in a suit. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, you know, it, it is interesting because it seems like it's something no matter what the law says, it seems like a lot of churches do it anyway. Yeah. You know? And they skirt around. Rebels. Hey, that's the laws of man, not God. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Up there, like, take we're not going to tell you who to vote for, but it rhymes with Borge Jush. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What? <laughs> He's not running for anything anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking retroactively. Oh, gotcha. Retroactive. 2004. Yeah. They're still trying to get votes for it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Still trying to secure I'm, that I'm listening to Slices election. this week. I like it. Usually I kind of fade out during the news yeah. part. I, I was listening to last week's podcast when I was editing it, and um, it was really interesting. The thing you were saying about Darren Reagan, Ke- Keegan, the CNN anchor. What's her name? Yeah. yeah uh, the good news thing. And somebody Darren said, Keegan, somebody said, rather than leave to do positive news when I try to influence you know CNN and do more positive news and if I was listening at the time I would have said that that's actually what she was doing do you remember she started a segment on her mm-hmm. show the spirit the spiritual thing, thing where they where they profiled us yeah oh wow yeah, yeah. and uh, they interviewed me and it was she was starting a new thing like mind and spirit or something like that and it was mm-hmm. like a spiritual th- two minute five minute segment every day the story i read had two examples <laughs> and one of them that i read was like a quadriplegic radio host writes letters for his son like or relevant magazine launches yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> Tit or tat. it's the same thing yeah anyway yeah. so so now i'm engaged i'm listening yeah, yeah so, so i went stuff. to her website and like it looks like a joke. It looks like she did it in MS Paint or something. No, oh, what is it? DarrenKagan.com. With a Y, right? Yeah. Are there a lot of flash cartoons of like dancing bears and no, spell it, just Do you know how to spell it? K A G A N. Just animated. There's just gifts. a lot of different clashing pink boxes. Oh. So what it what it really the story probably is is that her contract wasn't renewed. She was let go, and to save face, she launched she a personal started website. A horrible website. It's coming from webbed. No, is it bad? Yeah, it it looks like a total joke. So oh. we actually took it out of Radiant. Oh. Well, wait, they've got thirteen weeks to clean that thing up. Yeah, launching in thirteen weeks. I mean, it looks like she did it on her lunch break. Yeah. Wow. It looks like she did it herself. Yeah. yeah. The colors are. And that would be an insult if she had no. I'm just assuming that she doesn't have training in web design. Because <laughs> whoever made that didn't have training in web design. Wow. Oh, I'm sad. I know. Like, I, well, I thought it was a cool Maybe when they launch the that. real thing, it'll actually yeah. be really good. The, the other but thing that's is. Very, very doubtful. Like, she's launching it with her own money or whatever. Oh. But there will be advertising, so maybe she just doesn't have any sponsors yet. Mm. Sad. This makes me sad. This was as much of a downer as the Wiener Dog story last week. Wow. <laughs> yes. That is a big downer. That was a downer. <laughs> Not quite as disturbing, though. So, some uh, interesting science news today. Um, apparently, our solar system has just had three planets added. So, um, in a move that... It's a baby planet. <laughs> that was one of the strangest things I've ever heard. <laughs> and I just heard Jesse tell two stories about chimps. <laughs> Um, <laughs> see, I had a perfect soundbite from the chimp story for that I was thinking that's going to go at the end of the podcast, but now <laughs> it's a baby planet might have trumped it. It's in, run, it's in the running. I, yeah. I really hope people are familiar with Jim Gaffigan if they're listening. <laughs> or not. <laughs> it's yeah. even or, more disturbing if they're not planet. familiar with yeah. Jim Gaffigan. But evidently, a group of astronomers have gotten together, and they were going to define whether or not Pluto is a planet. and uh, Or they a defined, Disney character. Or a Disney character, one or the other. And the conclusion they came to is that not only is Pluto a planet, 
they have to allow three other planets in the solar system now, putting us up to 12 and rendering... Seriously. seriously, That was the rendering? Yes. Wow. And rendering every styrofoam ball, coat hanger, (laughs) science fair project ever made obsolete. And the most exciting part, they found life. So when does does this go into effect? As of right now. There are 12 planets. What are the names? What are the names? Uh, There's one between Mars and Jupiter, and its name is Ceres. Um, There's one that... Pluto and this planet actually orbit each other, and it's called Charon. And then there's that one sounds like some from Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. That well, Charon. It, it was named by scientists. They, don't they all sound like car um, names? Cirrus. They will be. I guarantee you, yeah. they will sound be like Earth. radio names. Yeah. And the other one is lamely named UB three thirteen. No, yes, yeah. UB three thirteen. It's as Which yet is a really bad unofficially band. named. Uh, but okay, you're talking about sound like Star Trek. The unofficial name for this planet is Xena. Yes, after the, the warrior, warrior princess. Really? Yes, evidently whoever found the planet is a fan of Xena. <laughs> um, Lucy Lawless. <laughs> she's also awesome. yeah, a amateur astronomer. The name of the planet Lucy Lawless. <laughs> <laughs> Not Xena. But I think the thing that worries a lot of us is it also messes up the old mnemonic device. My very excellent mother just served us nine pizzas. Yeah. So. Yeah, my, that's my, it, my education was rendered completely useless yeah. just now. Well, so. fear not, Jesse. That's all you got from where are you? <laughs> fear not, Jesse, <laughs> because um, I've created a new mnemonic device that I think is going to help you guys. Is this premeditated? It's premeditated. It incorporates the right, other this three This is the last planets. premeditated. Okay, I'm telling you, you guys are going to want to know this. Okay, all right. Because otherwise it. you won't... Bl- End you won't, on a high note. End the yeah. premeditated on a high note. You won't be able to memorize the plants. It goes like this. Many vagrants eat my candy just so nasty, ugly people cannot usurp. How long did that take you? Um, <laughs> like a minute and a half. Oh, well, yeah. sure. I'm incredibly creative. So, um, <laughs> vagrant actually paid for placement. In there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, I was talking about you know wandering vagrant people, but you know okay. whatever Vag- you want. That's gonna have to change though if they change the name of UB three thirteen to something that's not lame. Well, I was gonna say, speaking of geeks. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Lucy Ball, <laughs> have you guys heard that Microsoft is going to release a version of um, like video game software for ninety nine dollars, yeah, where yeah. anyone can make their own game, and they're hoping to create a, a YouTube for video games, wow. basically. Except that it's very it's easy to make a video and incredibly difficult to make a game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like to, to every create, game is variations of Pong. Yeah, yeah I was, I was gonna, gonna say, say even it. to create something as simple as Pong, you need yeah. hours and hours yeah, of like programming does, experience. Does the ninety nine dollar program come with like a three year degree in game programming? <laughs> <laughs> like classes at full sale or something? It's a good point. Well, if, if those, I'm going to make a game. <laughs> <laughs> a simple game of Gary Busey punching Willie Ames in the head, <laughs> yeah. I think, would be very Call successful. Busey boxing. Busey boxing. Mm-hmm. I like it. 3,000. And he's invisible, so he wins every fight because yeah. the other person he can't defend <laughs> <don't worry laughs> and, and the game is very simple, so I can only play as Gary Busey. Yeah. We could also have uh, relevant games and have like water balloons I like as it. Yeah. weapons. <laughs> I like it. It's true. Well... I have something very, very exciting that is possibly going to change the world, um, according to David Copperfield. <laughs> if he's, Enough said. Yeah, if, if David Copperfield, if his reputation holds, this yeah. thing is going to be big time. If we can't trust guys with uh, open, flowing pirate shirts, who can we trust? Yeah. Hey, David Hasselhoff. Because, <laughs> because I'm sure in no way is this a publicity stunt. Uh, David Copperfield, he bought a a cluster of four tiny islands in the Bahamas, 
Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know you could buy islands in the Bahamas. You can, but uh, he bought them for fifty million dollars, which I don't know how. I guess he's. That's in the high end. You can buy you can buy islands uh, for like one or two million. But you want an island? Stars, I'll, get, I'll get you an island by the end of the day. You want an island? <laughs> <laughs> but I, actually, I mean, it's like online. I've been to the websites like Island Island. You can buy them online. Didn't Richard Branson try yeah. to do that? Yeah, he owned. Well, there was already a house on that one though. Oh, so well, oh. these ones. Uh, he has claimed <laughs> that he has actually discovered the fountain of youth. He says, "I've discovered a true phenomenon." You can take dead leaves and they come in contact with water and they become full of life again. Bugs or insects that are near death come in contact with water and they'll fly away. It's an amazing thing. Very, very exciting. So I, this is, is he weird. Do um, a magic trick there. That's or the something? thing. I'm sure. You'll find I'm out sure more in about a couple it at weeks. DarrenKagan.com. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. perfect. <laughs> but that, that's awesome. I got one more for publicity stunts if if we have if time allows. This file always allows. It, I think the Fountain of Youth is, is no, very we're on a rigorous schedule models. here, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, we it, have we have a tight programming schedule. <laughs> another podcast coming up right behind us. Well, Steely Dan, we're the slow foursome on the golf course. <laughs> everybody else down, and we'll never let anyone play through. Yeah. <laughs> well, Steely Dan has struck again. Uh, we, we reported their feud with the Wilson brothers a couple weeks back. Well, this time on their website, they have published. This is about eight page letter to Wes Anderson, the writer, director of movies like Rushmore, uh, The World of Tenenbaums, uh, and, and he's Owen Wilson's frequent collaborator. Well, they have decided to step in and save Wes Anderson's career because they said since Bottle Rocket, all his movies have relied on uh, quirky wardrobe, weird setting, uh, interesting color schemes, and it's just in characters, good writing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said, yeah. that, he said that ever since Bottle Rocket, all his movies rely on a crutch and that they're going to step in and save his career with some creative <laughs> Steely guidance. Dan. Steely, Steely Dan. Dan. Um, they, they gave him a couple different ways. First way is to fire Mark Mothersby, who, who does all the music for the Wes Anderson films. And hire Steely Dan. And, and <laughs> there you go, hire Steely Dan because they said they can redeem it. They said another way is to make Bottle Rocket 2. <laughs> And they have outlined a plot and everything That's for it. That's awesome. I mean, these guys... The, the best thing is they say that, you know, your films since Bottle Rocket have lacked originality. Our answer, Bottle Rocket 2. <laughs> yeah. They even went as far as... They outlined strategies, and then they write a theme song for Bottle Rocket 2 uh, with verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, guitar solo. <laughs> um, so That's really what Bottle Rocket was actually missing, was more guitar solos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I was with Steely Dan last week, and Learned. chilling with <laughs> chilling with the Steely Dan. And the guy's just so—I mean, he's a little weird, but he's very creative, and I think he's bored, and this is just fun for him. Yeah, honestly, I I really think all these things are tongue in cheek, and of they are. I, it's hilarious. Like I read it, and honestly, that makes me like Steely Dan. They're yeah. clever guys. Yeah, they. Yep. They actually. I like them. I just don't like listening to them. <laughs> because if you're into 45 minute long songs. Okay, if you could pick a way to do a publicity stunt, would you buy three, uh, four islands in the Bahamas for 50 million dollars and claim you found the fountain of youth, or post a long letter to Wes Anderson, a hip young film director? Yeah, good point. I'd buy the islands. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> <laughs> at least you can enjoy them. Because then you got on. islands. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, come on. One costs fifty million dollars. If I'm no use. One costs fifty million dollars, and it's possibly the most ridiculous thing ever ever claimed. And the second is free and is getting a lot of buzz on the internet. It's especially not free. you have to buy a computer. It's web hosting. <laughs> web hosting. Well, and, and they're reaching you know a young audience who doesn't really care about Steely Dan. It's like who mocks them openly. Yeah, these guys are into Wes Anderson. Cool, you know, and David Copperfield is sitting on the four islands, very alone, <laughs> very alone, <laughs> alone except with for his, his model I, wife and, and his magic, <laughs> and his multiplied millions of dollars. Is he yeah. still except with the model that. wife? I have no Christy idea. Christy Brinkley. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think he is. Um, so maybe he's trying to woo her back because she's aging. <laughs> yeah, she's true. Like, oh man, he's why did I leave? She him? could have hey, her baby, career back. I found some dead flies who came to life. <laughs> <laughs> you want to come back to me? Um, That's just weird. No, I don't know. I'm I'm really liking this Steely Dan thing, and I cannot wait to hear Wes Anderson's response. You know, Owen Wilson kicked out a response to them, and it was witty. It was clever. Mm-hmm. It was right on par with them. So this I would be enjoyable. disappointed if Wes Anderson didn't I, come I'm, up with I'm predicting Wes Anderson's uh, response will be silence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like he, you know what I'm saying? Like he's not a, a big... A steely what? <laughs> yeah. Like he's not a big... Like you don't hear him like making... Like Wes... I mean, Owen Wilson's like a goofball. You know, he's got the on-screen persona, but Wes Anderson's kind of a private guy. But still, it's effective. That didn't and, prevent you from hanging out with him last week. Yeah, me and Wes, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, he wanted he wanted a little writing Wes, session. Wes from our mail room or Wes? <laughs> <laughs> Both. Oh, we we didn't say three. which Wes. Yeah. Wow. We, we, we got a little writing session, so <laughs> things went well. I think I found the fountain of youth. <laughs> <laughs> Figuratively speaking. The, ironically, Wes Anderson is going to do a movie about finding the fountain of youth. With David Copperfield. That's true. Steely Dan, too. Flies on a fountain. <laughs> Movie poster. I want to see it. Lots. Coming to life. There's a Christian message in there. Yeah. Be- rebirth. That's right. It's powerful. And if we can couple that with Samuel L. Jackson screaming profanities, then all the better. <laughs> We've got a winner. Yeah. Box office dynamite. In lurking chimpanzees. <laughs> yeah. They hide in their shadows. I don't know how, but somehow Gradually every week on this openers. podcast, we come up with a great idea for a movie, and every week we trumpet. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad there's no... I'm sorry, but any idea with lurking chimpanzees <laughs> is a great idea. I don't know how you can outdo you that, but somehow wrong. next week, I know we will. Well, we got an amazing illustration in this week. I don't think we've mentioned it on the podcast yet, but one listener actually illustrated every animal that we mentioned on the podcast in a relevant food chain. Except for a three-legged dog. <laughs> yes. Funny. But it was the last few podcasts. Yeah. yeah. In a food chain. Every animal is eating the next animal, and it's... Uh, well, I, I don't it's want my really dog quite to breathtaking. be eaten. This story holds true. The skinless rabbit is the bottom <laughs> of the food chain. <laughs> as they it, are it, in nature. It is as, as incredibly mm-hmm. disturbing as you would imagine it to be. And yeah. there's a there's a new place for dual-like real men. That was going to be my relevant update, but okay, Sorry. we can talk about it now. <laughs> uh, the uh, duallikerealmen.com, because we get so many emails from people saying, dual-like Romans? <laughs> or D-U-A-L like Romans? Or d- anyway, apparently I slur is the point of all this. Apparently I have horrible enunciation. It's all the drinking you do before the podcast. Yeah. It's but that liquor. helps them loosen up. So <laughs> me and Jim Beam, yeah, we go back. Right. But um, anyway, so what we've done is the traffic of dual like Roman was high enough, and the confusion about dual like Roman was high enough that we decided to absorb it into relevantmagazine.com. It is now the podcast stuff 
page. Notice how I enunciated that? I paused in between the two words. Podcast stuff mm-hmm. over at relevant, relevantmagazine.com. Uh, just click on media, click on podcast stuff, and it's basically, it is exactly like Dual Like Roman. It's just it has a new home yeah. so more people can see more it. More accessible. Uh, it's more accessible to everybody. Um, you can, if, you, for, if you're nostalgic, you can still type in duallikerealmen.com and it'll just take you to the new page. But that's just if you're one of those obstinate people who doesn't like change. Yeah, or if you have it bookmarked, you can still yeah, I mean, it, but yeah. Or that. Um, yeah, so uh, check there. There's a lot of stuff. The relevant food chain is there. Movie posters are there. The movies are there. The illustrations I'd like to are point there. out it that is. the guy who drew the relevant food chain also drew a breathtaking depiction of uh, Gary Busey punching Willie Ames in the head. <laughs> That's the same guy. Yeah. Yes, same guy. Um, breathtaking. Um, what whatever happened to the um, video power talk? videos are they gone they're still up there oh they are yep okay they were just the problem with them is they loaded automatically every yeah. time we went to the page and started playing so what i did is i made it a link but it's down okay. towards the bottom they're still there all right well that'll do it for slices up next your feedback first may to color me You're listening to Hot Chip. The uh, The song is called Colors. It's playing right now over at Relevant TV. All right. Well, last week we asked you a serious question. We asked you about the uh, middle, what your thoughts on the Middle East conflict. Obviously, uh, moments after the podcast went up, a, uh, a peace accord was struck, which is in the process of uh, happening. But, um, you know, we kind of want to get your thoughts on the situation over there. Okay. So we'll now read you some of those uh, replies. Josh Legurn, G-U-E-R-N, Legurn. Anyway, he wrote in and said uh, he thinks too many people are being too tough on Israel. He thinks he doesn't think they're immune from scrutiny, uh, like many Christians do. But look at the facts. Number one, Israel was concerned with getting its troops back at first and offered the Lebanese government opportunity to dispose of Hezbollah themselves. It was only after there was inaction on the part of Lebanon that Israel decided to step in. And two, Israel is honoring the ceasefire resolution while Hezbollah launched missiles at Israeli troops leaving Lebanon just hours after the ceasefire went into effect. You, uh, Israel and the UN have offered a peaceful coexistence policy with the Palestinians going as far as splitting Israel into two parts and giving Palestine its own state, but they refused because the Islamic nations do not want to coexist with the Jews. Anyway, um, is, does Israel have stuff to answer for? Yes. Have they always been gracious in words and actions to the Palestinians? No. But I certainly don't think the blame Israel first game is the one to play. Yeah, I, I am. I am. I mean, obviously, I think most everyone is is pleased with with the ceasefire and that the Palestinian government is sending troops. Yeah. To I'm glad. I mean, I think it's cool that both sides are claiming victory. You know, it's like that's great. Yeah, I mean, win win. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Let, just stop the violence. That was the big thing. Yeah. You know, go back to some sense of a peaceful coexistence. So. It was great news. And I think it was really prompted by our editorial question of the week. It made, made the leaders think. That's how I feel. The situation you know, they're, they're, I'm sure they're like, they're guys, we need to sit down and talk. I got one from Luke Palamumbo, and <clears throat> he said, in light of the recent ceasefire agreement between Israel and Hezbollah, I think it is important to keep three points about their conflict in perspective. All along, Israel has been striving for peace. Um, also, Israel does go to great lengths to avoid civilian casualties, uh, they go. They they warn citizens with cell phone calls, text messages, and they even drop pamphlets on you know on potential bombing sites. 
And um, <clears throat> and number three is now, in spite of the ceasefire agreement imposed on Israel and Hezbollah at the moment, uh, there has been times where Hezbollah, well, according to this email, um, has fired rockets at Israelis. So um, it is, you know, um, I, I've read things about stuff that we, we don't hear a lot about, like the just the psychological warfare that's going on over there. Um, Israel is a very technologically advanced country compared to Palestine, and they had hired people to hack into Palestinian phones, and so that every hour on the hour, at, at certain times of every day, all the phones... Samuel Jackson would call them. It's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant marketing. No, but they would have, they would have a, uh, a voice come on and, and just say, Hezbollah is not your friend. You know? and, and when they were targeting certain areas, they would send... I mean, obviously, in, any civilian casualties is a terrible tragedy. And you, know, you want to avoid that at, at any kind of cost. But from what I've read, Israel did make a lot of effort to avoid that um but it is some good points to remember rebecca herndon said uh well she wrote a book so i'm just gonna excerpt here uh, she said it's a complicated that's her word she said i wrote a book we're yeah not, we're she not said like, sorry this is a book yeah we're yeah. not like making fun of her yeah uh, she said it's a complicated issue that seems unsolvable apart from jesus reigning and bringing forgiveness to the land one thing i do know is that i do not support violence on either side uh, she mentions that so many Christians have no clue what has been, really been going on in Israel and Palestine for the last 60 years. And she says, I want to encourage listeners to do their homework on this issue. Uh, she mentioned a couple of books. One of them is Blood Brothers by Elias Shakur, that's C-H-A-C-O-U-R. She says it's a history of the Palestinian-Israeli conflict written from the vantage point of a Palestinian Christian who grew up in the midst of it all hmm. and is now known for working for peace between the two. Arthur Yee said that he sees the conflict as a tit-for-tat fighting between two sides who believe the other is out to get them for good. Uh, they both think their side is right, yet neither of them are. Hezbollah believes that Israel is out to get them and defends themselves through their terrorist actions, yet their actions don't bring peace and security. Israel may believe that they have a right to defend themselves and that they are doing their part for peace, but I don't think defending themselves means killing innocent civilians and destroying most of the infrastructure in Lebanon. And I also don't think keeping the wealth and resources only for Israel is justifiable either. What does that mean? Keeping the wealth well, and so. resources only for yeah, Israel? What, what Israel is supposed to give away well, to countries? I mean, well, that means. I mean, the natural resources of, you know... A very one. small sliver of land. And they've been I mean, giving it away for years. But they, still, I mean, water. that's what the fighting is over, is over the land, yeah. you know? But God gave uh, it to the Jews. I, I, and he says, uh, <laughs> what I hope and will happen in the future is peace or something that will last much longer than a ceasefire. Yet until both sides come to the bargaining table with less demands, violence will continue to be the case for years to come. I don't think the world will end from this, yet it could get ugly if the Middle East doesn't, um, does not get it resolved. Kind of a, a, an interesting um, thing from Rebecca's email. She said that, obviously, and I think a lot of Christians want peace at all, all costs, um, but I was reading an interesting um speech by Barack Obama, who we talked about recently, mm -hmm. and you know, you, you may not agree with all of his politics, and he has some things that are, you know, he, he goes either side on a lot of different issues, but he, he was criticizing the administration for things in the war in Iraq, but he also went and he criticized Democrats, he, he, uh, Democrats that always oppose war, and he said that, you know, sometimes... You know, there are cases where, like, removing the Taliban government from our, from Afghanistan, where, unfortunately, war is the only option at times, you know? 
our standpoint, I think, as Christians uh, looking on all of this, um, no matter what judgment call we make, if you know we say Israel's justified, Israel's not justified, I think we can all agree that um, violence is not something that we can be pleased with or you know stand behind and rally behind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, the first route for anything should be some sort of diplomacy, but it's, it's difficult in, in times that we live in with people that take extreme measures of violence to get a point across. You know, that I think where the Christians are pulling in the spiritual aspect and supporting Israel and, and basically just supporting them bar none is, is Genesis 12. And it says, uh, the Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And I've heard that Genesis twelve three quoted in the Christian circles ad nauseum that I will bless those who bless Israel and uh, curse those who curse Israel. And I think that's where the Christian alignment comes from, that we are serving the same God as the Jews. Um, and, and that the, our Bible, Genesis 12, 3 says, I will bless those who bless Israel. And, and that's where the Christian spiritual alignment comes from, as opposed yeah. to just being a political I, but I, thing. I do think it's okay that, I mean, it's certainly okay for, for Christians to look at the situation objectively in that, you know, there is a line as far as, um, military aggression goes. It's like I support our government, but I don't, I don't, and I support our nation, but every political decision that is made, I, I can find things wrong with it and for the good of the country. It's just like for the good of Israel and for the good of Palestine, I don't want to see, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying in this particular conflict, you know, I, I don't feel like many of us are, are educated enough on the, on the conflict to know what went too far and what didn't. But I'm just saying, if, if things ever got too far, I think it's okay to take, up, take a stand and say, listen, I support Israel as a nation, but I don't think they can just go level cities, you know? Well, I mean, I think if, if you believe what the Bible says, there's a narrative at play here and that there's not going to ever be peace in this, you know, in this time. Um, until there is a reign of peace. But so as a Christian, I don't have to be happy about the violence or the war, but I feel like I have to support Israel. Um, so just to think that this is all going to, that there is a solution there to isn't. this. There is no earthly solution to this. Oh, I, to I, me, I there's agree a 100%. larger narrative um, at play. I, I don't think that just because we know certain things are inevitable that we we should stand and allow them to happen at the magnitude they always do happen. Like I think there are routes that we can take to try to to prevent suffering and loss, and, and you know make and, and look for solutions uh, to problems. I don't understand the politics and the ten sensitive nature of what's going on over there, but I have to look at the entirety and the eternal perspective in this and just go. It's out of my control. I pray for peace. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray for the peace of Israel. I pray for peace in the Middle East. I pray that there aren't casualties beyond that, what are necessary, but the, the reality is, is there's a lot of this that's inevitable. And that's the thing is I think that as Christians, we can, we can in ways stand uh, apart from culture and apart from world events and be pacifists on a personal level, even if it's not going to affect things on a policy level. And pray for peace, you know, pray for comfort for the oppressed, even if we know that 
uh, like you said, wars are inevitable. Yeah, I mean, Jesus prayed for his disciples. He knew they were going to be persecuted, but he still prayed for them. Absolutely. You know? Um, and that's how I've chosen to stand with Israel. I don't go out and rally and march and whatever, but I've been, you know, I pray for the peace of Jerusalem and hey, we've seen a ceasefire and that's awesome. You know, will it, will this be the final thing? Will there be no more war? Of course not. That's just ignorant, but you want to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and you want to, uh, you know, just pray that God's will be done in all this. And I don't know what the end result is, you know, there are evil forces at play and they see it as a spiritual thing to wipe the world, the world from Christianity. Christianity and Judaism, and and I think it's important to remember that in, in the in the end, we, we you know we battle not in flesh and blood, right, you know, absolutely. and like you know I don't just because someone I, I don't believe along the same lines or just someone because someone was born in a country and into a cultural system that I highly disagree with doesn't put me as an enemy of that person. Like I can still love you know even even people that are will take radical measures it's not mm-hmm. about it's not about anything against individuals like we we are called to love you know we 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 are biblically called to support israel but we we're also called to love everyone that includes Absolutely. muslim palestinians who love your enemies. who yeah and sure. exactly and and i think it's important that people remember that that the root cause of of this isn't it isn't just individuals. There are spiritual forces at nature, and if people really want to make a difference, I mean, as cliched as it might sound, you know, it starts in prayer. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Well, that's that's the point I was trying to make. That I mean, it's like the the earthly war is inevitable in the entirety of history. It's inevitable, but we as Christians can stand for righteousness and stand for peace and 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 pray for the peace of Jerusalem as Christians were commanded to. And I believe that that's all we can do. And, uh, and, and you know, just trust that kind of the world's in God's hands. And we, we know the ultimate outcome here. And that's, you know, it's a weird kind of almost fatalistic mindset to have to have, but you kind of have, to, kind have, of have to. Yeah, you kind of have to be aware that ultimately good will win. Yeah. And ultimately, I don't know the steps that are going to happen along the way, but I know where this is going. And I don't know when it is, but I know where it's going. I'm just going to be, be praying, you know? Yeah. Um, it's it's scary. I mean, if you think about it, but it's also not scary at all because God sees the beginning, middle, and end in this. And, yeah. uh, and, and when you think about it, it, it can almost actually be very freeing because you see, you know, this this process is out of my hands. Right. You know, I it's incumbent upon me to pray, but I'm I'm not going to affect peace and change through myself it's that's only going to come through god right god is god over history apart from anything that i can do right and we need to pray for our leaders pray for the leaders yeah. in the military over there pray for wisdom for them uh both both sides Absolutely. pray that they can find diplomatic solutions yeah. pray for them that there can be peace but we need to understand it's a temporal peace whether the peace lasts for a month a year 10 years yeah or or a hundred it's inevitable that it will fire up again and and all we can do is pray. Yeah, so. and, and at the same time, uh, also it's important I think for for people not to react uh, to certain. No matter how horrible situations are, it's to not a- act out of anger in, in in what they think about certain people. You know, it, I I think it's it's important that you know you remember these are people you know on right. either side, and yeah. they as much as like I said as much as we disagree with what they're doing they believe what they're doing is right and and 
we're, we're called to, to love people and not just write people off and just say, well, those are in crazy radicals. You yeah. know, I mean, if you really, if you really want to make a difference, like I said, pray for those people because, uh, I mean, they are being, they are receptive to the spiritual, obviously, yeah. whether it's, you know, on the good or the bad side. You, you know, know, prayer changes things. And I think this is something we kind of forget about. I mean, you see something that's so massive and whatever, but I mean, the Bible talks about where two or more are gathered together, God is in the midst of them, and that, you know, God hears our prayers and he, and it moves the heavens. I mean, it really moves the heavens. I mean, spiritual warfare is at play and spiritual warfare is very real. And and there are forces of good battling forces of evil all around us every day. And our prayer changes things. Yeah. And I think we take that for granted, the spiritual authority that we as Christians have, that our prayer can really change the climate in a situation. Yeah, yeah. and we tend to think of prayer as some kind of nebulous thing. And it sounds like such a cop-out to say, oh, I'll pray for you. But it's the absolute most practical thing we can do as Christians. Absolutely. And especially strategic prayer. You know, I mean, it, you know, get educated on what's going on in the world and pray for specific people. Pray for names. Pray for conflicts. Pray for diplomats, you know? I completely agree. Yeah. And I really like, you know, what you've been saying, Jesse, that what comes down to is that ultimately God is not willing that any should perish. And that doesn't matter if it's an Israeli soldier or a Hezbollah fighter. God is not willing that they should perish. Yeah, and, no. uh, you know, he, he cares intimately about them. Mm-hmm. So, thanks for writing in. <laughs> <laughs> we, got a, uh, we got a couple other emails in. Um, a couple of astute readers sent in a little more information about uh, King Strang. Oh. And uh, I, I promised I'd follow up a little bit, so I'll read you guys the Wikipedia okay. um, about King Strang. A beautiful, beautiful picture of King Strang. He actually kind of <laughs> looks like one of my relatives, just with a, I mean, just a good beard. He's got a great beard, receding hairline. People which just don't grow beards like they used to. They really don't. James Jesse Strang is his name. Nice. James Strang. Strong That'd be cool man. if he was Jesse James Strang, wouldn't it? <laughs> That'd be a double, double whammy. <laughs> uh, if you didn't listen to the podcast last week, I'm related to the only king in U.S. history, King Strang. Here's his story. He was baptized as a member of the Church of Christ in 1844. A few months after the murder of Joseph Smith Jr., he was excommunicated from the church and established a, re- a religious sect of his own. See, he took initiative. It's like, oh, you guys don't want me. I'll form my own religion. You know? <laughs> what did that have to do with the guy who died or executed? I, I, maybe it's just coincidental timing or whatever. <laughs> so, religious sect of his own where he taught that the new gathering place for the Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, would be in Wisconsin and that he was to be their king. After Joseph Smith Jr., founder of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, was murdered, okay. there were several claimants to his role as leader and prophet of the church, the Mormon church, eventually Brigham Young, as the head of the Quorum of the 12, de- 12 Apostles, led the majority of Latter-day Saints to Utah. Although Strang was a recent convert to the 14-year-old church, several prominent Mormons, including some of Smith's family, accepted Strang's claims for a period. See, we're very influential. <laughs> Strang's group was formally called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The only difference is that there was no hyphen in Latter-day. <laughs> wow. That's marketing. And the capitalization yeah. is, is slightly different. Um, <laughs> latter hyphen day, the, the D is lowercase on the real one. Uh, Strang capitalized the D. Okay. So they he just okay. avoided a loss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Strang's church and his Loophole. followers, uh, Strang's church and his followers were commonly called the Strangites. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is a term that's, that which is your and it's an incredible coincidence names. yeah because that's what we call relevant staffers here that's what Strangites. we call ourselves the church has its headquarters in Vory, wisconsin where strang is buried so apparently it's still it's around still around uh strang and his associates settled for several years on beaver island in lake michigan where he was pronounced king Strang was also a lawyer, a land developer, news correspondent for the New York Tribune, wow, and a like, scientist for the Smithsonian Institution. Sounds wow. like some Strangs I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lawyer, a land developer, news correspondent for the New York Tribune, and a scientist for the Smithsonian Institution. That man did a lot. Wow. And he started a religion and became king. Wow. And he was later gnawed to death by beavers. <laughs> by beavers on the island. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. When when he landed on the island, it was named Beaver Island, which you brought up beavers last week. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. That's the deal with Strang. Well, I'll post his beautiful mug over at the uh, podcast stuff well, page. Awesome. You earlier said that he is he is the the only king in, in American history. There's actually one other that resemblance. I was really? recently. Um, Can you put that up next to your picture? <laughs> I will. I will. I'll Can, you wear your <laughs> Can you make that your avatar? Can you make that your avatar? That's gonna be my avatar. Um, <laughs> all right. I was reading, uh, and uh, there was a, the guy who created Segway. Uh, the, the you know the little uh-huh. scooter like, thing like yeah. the king of the segways yeah like that guy. Adam no you're king of the segways he he <laughs> is an incredibly rich inventor he bought an island off the coast of Connecticut you can look this up um, and he claimed it as his own island and he was actually friends with President Bush and President Clinton because he's a famous inventor. And so they gave him some title that made him king of the island. Really? Wow. Uh, and it's a small but, island. He's the only guy that lives there. If you look up Segway and Wikipedia, it has a link island? to the guy. Uh, did he have followers named Strangites? He <laughs> called himself king. I can't remember. The island is named something really stupid. So he's he by own himself. the island? Yeah, he owns it. So it's, Wait, he's not a U.S. king is this, then. Is this like playground rules? Like if he's king of the island, if you come up and knock him off, are you new king? <laughs> well, no. well, here's the thing. He, if you're the only one living on the island, well, you're not really a king. Well, he's, he's really <laughs> You have to he, have followers. Well, according to according to Wikipedia, he created his own currency, uh, his own navy, which is only one boat, but he's still got a navy. Okay, I have a boat, so a, I have a, a navy. Do you have a currency? Shot. I will draw my own currency on pieces of paper, and when you're in my house, you have to use it. it I, I'm, trying to th- I'm trying to think of <laughs> the name of the island, but it's something really stupid. But uh, but Se- yeah, so the guy, <laughs> the guy, uh, it's is, called Speaking is of king, Island, King of His Own Island. <laughs> Um, I, I do want to ask you this. These people are still around. Do you have any kind oh, it has of... its own constitution, um, too. Do you have any kind of uh, maybe draw or interest in going up there and claiming your rightful place as <laughs> the new king of these people? I mean, they're still around, and you have a pretty good claim. I'm, I'm, at least get them uh, as a podcast guest. I, uh, I, you know, I, I'm too... I'm too into correct um, grammar and punctuation, and with mm. him not hyphenating latter yeah. day, I just... I, I can't. I can't. Here, here's my question: Is David Copperfield king of his little islands? Exactly. See, you have to have followers to truly be a king. Yeah. Well, a lot of people ride segways. <laughs> There's a lot of segways out there. Gob. Yeah. <laughs> Goblet. That was so. How summary. old was he in in the height of his glory? Three hundred. Well, he was. Oh, he was assassinated. <laughs> In 1856, he was born in 1813, so he only lived to be 43. He accomplished a lot. He accomplished a lot. Um, Led a lot of people astray. Okay, here's his coronation as king. Strang was to fulfill the office of king as described in the book of the law of the Lord. He was crowned in 1850, only three years prior to his death by his counselor, George J. Adams. About 300 people witnessed his inauguration. 300 people, not one. 
uh, to which he wore a red flannel robe with a white collar and black speckles. He Doesn't wore your dad a have a flannel, flannel robe? robe. He he also wore a tin crown, a breastplate, and carried a shield and a wood scepter. He, oh, ru- he ruled for several years. He had five wives. Um, as a result of his coronation, Strang was accused of treason and was brought to trial in Detroit, Michigan, where you know all treason trials would happen wow. in Detroit. His trial defense brought him considerable favorable press, which he leveraged to run for and win a seat in the Michigan State Legislature in 1853. Wouldn't he be like a foreign ambassador? <laughs> he was reelected to that office in 1855. Um, so... Then, on June 20, 1856, Strang was gunned down in front of the general store by two men. Mm. After he was shot, others joined in and beat him. <laughs> man. Oh, man. Had been- <laughs> I'm glad we're laughing. <laughs> Kick a man man while he's been gunned down. Um, Many that had been members of his church had become disgruntled on account of his demand that tithing be paid to him. If a full tithe was not believed to have been paid, then missionaries were sent out to the members' homes for it. (laughs) The men who shot him escaped on... The men who shot him escaped on board the USS Michigan. Several witnesses on board the ship did nothing to help Strang, who was wounded twice in the head and once in the ribs. He lived until July 9th. Here's See, my so question. even being gunned and beaten, wow, he, he still lived, lived on. And for here's another my month. question. Did he invent any sweet scooters that people could walk around <laughs> as an alternative to walking? He had a crown and a scepter. Case closed. <laughs> he probably had people tithed to him because he's I like, love. have you seen this god-awful tin crown I'm wearing? I think my favorite part of the story is that he's on trial for treason, <laughs> yeah. which he parlays into being elected <laughs> to the state yeah. legislature. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what's that campaign I don't know how like? you can be the citizen of another country and <laughs> yeah. be elected to a state legislature. Uh, yeah. That's King really the, shrewd. In the U.S., though. But, but he took it. He, he seceded. He took, it's, he, said he took land from the U.S. <laughs> he had his own coronation. Oh, wow. Oh, after Strang's death, most of the members later joined the reorganized Church of Jesus Christ, which was established four years after Strang's death. So that's where we would have to... That's where you'd connect. have to... We'd yeah. have to connect. And exert your rightful control. <laughs> I do not want to be gunned down and then beaten <laughs> by angry people. Although I felt kind of that Island. way at the office sometimes. <laughs> some of the looks in the eyes. <laughs> a, it's in my family From history. Uh, another string getting gunned down and then beaten. I would live on another month, though. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but he wasn't beaten by his own... But his it own, doesn't say that. His own are <laughs> the ones possible. that beat him. Oh yeah, yeah, because they were the upset people, about the, the other people the just let tithing. him die. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the other people just let him die a slow, horrible death. <laughs> oh, that's, oh man. Oh, uh, poor King Strang. We got several emails. Um, uh, I rate about our our uh, wiener dog. Um, I thought you were going to say the Amish. But yeah. no. <laughs> no, the Wiener Dog. The, the Wiener, Wiener Dog Lobby. Like There's a couple of uh, pretty diehard Wiener Dog lovers out there. Um, I don't understand those people. However, I thought this was interesting. Um, Jesse made a call last week that if you have a Wiener Dog, that you need to go uh, put it on an island full of badgers so they could <laughs> all be killed. Um, Chris Lagarde wrote in and said, uh, yes, uh, wiener dogs can be yippy. That is true, but they're very smart dogs. Too smart sometimes to the point of being strong-headed. Uh, anyway, you mentioned at one point that you should put them together with the badger so they could be eaten by the badger. And how ironic. 
This is a quote from Wikipedia about why Dachshunds were bred. The Dachshund is a short-legged, elongated dog breed of the hound family. The breed's name is German and literally means badger dog. The breed, the breed was developed to scent, chase, and hunt badgers and other oh, old wow. did, animals. Did he? Did he put that? That's did amazing. he make that Wikipedia entry? <laughs> when was that possible. edited? But I have to say, if you put one wiener dog on an island full of badgers, I'm going to give the edge to the badgers. Yeah, because. Th- after years of oppression, well, this at the person hands of issues wiener a dogs? challenge. Chris issues a challenge. He says, "Go ahead." Well, I think put we're a dasher to together it. with a badger. I guarantee you won't be the badger that's left. Done. That's what he said. <laughs> no, <laughs> done. No. We're not talking about a badger. We're talking about an island full of badgers versus one wiener dog. I also thought it was funny that they're that they were meant to hunt other hole dwelling animals like prairie dogs. Oh wow. Hmm. See, even more reason why I don't like wiener dogs because I like prairie dogs and badgers. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they need to be exterminated for parking purposes. <laughs> Editorial question of the week. What celebrity do you look like? Oh, that's a good one. Or and animal proof. or and cartoon. Proof. We, yeah. Need yeah. Proof. we need proof. We need a picture of you. Or this and the celebrity and the yeah. celebrity, but uh, we know what celebrities look like, yeah, so we just, just need a picture of you. And some of you who've been told all your life that you look like a certain celebrity. You're going to be a very disappointed little boy come Christmas morning <laughs> when you send us that that picture and we debunk it. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's been a lie. Yeah, a- animals and cartoons are in the running as well. Yeah. If anyone is secure enough in their self-image <laughs> yeah. to say that they look like an animal or a cartoon. All right, so that'll do it for feedback. Write us at editorial at relevantmagazine.com and send us a picture of a celebrity that you, or of you, and we'll tell you if you look like a celebrity. Um editorial at relevantmagazine.com and we will run those pictures or some of them on uh, the new podcast stuff page and we will openly mock you next week on the podcast. <laughs> we promise. All right, up next, the relevant update. You are listening to Spoken. The song is Bitter Taste. Kind of like this podcast. has a bitter <laughs> taste to it. Like a fine wine. It goes down smooth, yeah, but it has a little bitter taste. aftertaste. It's got a little bit of a kick. <laughs> okay, so uh, in relevant news, there's a couple items of note. We haven't really had relevant updates in a while, and there's a couple items. One, for all you podcasters out there, you podcast listeners out there, we have a new place for you. It's um, on the relevantmagazine.com message boards. We have a new forum called Podcast Fodder. Mm. You can uh, uh, not only talk about stuff you've heard on the podcast and talk about it with other forum members, but you can also tip us off. We will spend time in the in that uh, forum, and you can tip us off, send us uh, viral videos or news tips that you think should be on the podcast, and we will probably mention good ones. So uh, it's over at the relevantmagazine.com message boards, and the forum is called podcast fodder so check that out also we mentioned it earlier but dual like realmen.com has had an untimely death it is now the podcast stuff page at relevantmagazine.com. so check that out and also next week i'm not sure if we're gonna have a podcast or not because uh the relevant staff will be on a retreat yeah the four of us are actually planning on going out on the back porch and just bantering for a couple hours <laughs> and if anyone shows up and listens <laughs> Yeah, All you guys better. can hang the out and, yeah. down we'll below. Yeah. I, I think it. I think it'll actually be some woodland animals. <laughs> yeah, the animals. <laughs> they might actually attack us. 
I, I saw the scariest movie I've ever seen about a, a little excursion that goes wrong. And Gilligan's Island. No. <laughs> 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 well, that was pretty scary too. It was it was a movie called The Descent, and I'm not going to go as far as to recommend it, but it was terrifying. And I'll tell you one thing: if there's any caves near there, yeah, there are a lot of caves. Well, we're sleeping in a cave. Actually, I <laughs> was. I, I'm not kidding. I saw it with with the guy who worked here, Chris. And I have never screamed like I have screamed like I screamed like in that movie. Like a twelve-year-old girl. When I got out of yes, like when I got out of the movie, my body was so tense it was like I ran a marathon. And <laughs> you know, all I could think about was the retreat. <laughs> no, no, there's no caves, Chris. There's you no caves show in it Georgia. At the no, the, there the, are a lot of caves in Georgia. When they and we're say in the mountains, there's caves in the mountains. Yeah, well, that's when they where the say, movie takes place in a cave in the mountains. Are we? We're not in the Appalachian. Mountains, are we? We are. Yes. Uh, the mountain the we're on. Listen, the Mount Mount Oglethorpe that we are on is the southernmost mountain of the of the uh, Smoky Mountains. The the Appalachian That's Trail the movie takes starts place. on the next mountain over. That's where the movie takes place, but it's in Tennessee, I think. Well, you know where we're, we're going whitewater rafting is in the Appalachian Mountains in Tennessee. You know where the movie starts off on a whitewater <laughs> rafting trip. <laughs> I promise. Oh my it, word! In the movie was you should show 100%. it. Is it still in theaters or yes, on DVD? Yes, it's, it's in theaters. It is horrifying. Like you do not want to even go within feet of a cave. And if anyone writes in and be like, "Oh, Jesse, what a wimp! I saw the descent. It's not scary." You are a liar because <laughs> it is so scary. No one will ever go in a cave again after they see that movie. When I scream, people in the theater are laughing because I'm like this. <laughs> I went. Oh! <laughs> oh, oh, oh my gosh, Chris. Oh wow. That's a man bat right there. There's a monster in the cave with them. Spoiler alert. No, I, you you learn early on. You see on. that on the commercial. Yeah, okay. you learn early on. They're not alone in the cave. There's there's in the shadows chimpanzees. <laughs> <laughs> you just see the breath fogging up the glasses. <laughs> Don't, no one see the no around. one see the movie unless you like being scared out of your mind. And and my wife was away that weekend, so I was at the apartment by myself, <laughs> staying up late. Like all the a, lights are on. Yeah, with a with a baseball bat. Like the TV's on real loud. I'm like, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm just hanging out by myself. Oh, what was that? Actually, uh, speaking of the retreat, it's not just all fun and games and dying in caves. It's it's. Um, we actually we are, hope not. <laughs> as fun as that is. Well, you know, it'll toughen up the ones who survive. Yeah, or either that or it'll haunt them forever. So, <laughs> Anyway, uh, while we're there, one of the reasons we're going to get away is to talk about uh, the current and future direction of uh, Relevant and, and Radiant. And we're um, going to be talking about uh, redesigning the magazine, a new format, new kind of editorial um, life, uh, new look, new feel. Also talking about relevantmagazine.com, uh, the podcast, newsletters, possible newsletters, um, the books, Radiant, all the stuff that we're doing. Um, and we're going to be talking about what, you know, how we can make them better, how we can uh, kind of uh, take everything to the next level, proverbial next level, and also talk about stuff that we're not doing that we should be. And we would love to hear from you. If you uh, have suggestions for uh, Relevant, for any of us, uh, ideas, or of things we could be, you know, new ideas of things we're already doing, or even new ideas for stuff uh, altogether that we should be doing. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we can, we will take your emails with us on the retreat and kind of talk about them uh, with everybody and 
and give them the due that they deserve. So yeah, if there's if there's stuff that we're doing that you like, we'd love to hear it. Um, and then if you have suggestions for things, we even you know stories or you know bands, albums, whatever. I mean, let no, us know. Yeah, I, I say that's a great point. Everything's up for discussion. So if there is something that you hold near and dear to your heart, or you really love, you love slices on the website, you read them every day or you love the podcast or whatever, definitely let us know. We don't want to change stuff that people love uh, just for the sake of change, but we don't want to kind of just stay where we are either. We want to always be looking at, um, at growth. And so we want to see what more we can do. So definitely let us know if there's stuff that you like uh, so we can make sure to leave those alone. Okay, so that'll do it for this week's edition of The Relevant Podcast. As usual, thank you very much for listening and telling your friends. And while you're at it, um, when you're done with the podcast here in a couple seconds, click on over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for a subscription to the old Relevant Magazine. It's only $12. It will keep us in business, and we would appreciate the patronage. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you very much for listening. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Kara Davis. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Adam Smith. We'll see you next week, or not. It's a baby planet.